Hi guys, we are your hosts of History of a Haunting podcast. My name is Carrie Hopper. And I am Archie Bayes, and we are a weekly historical and paranormal podcast that brings you the history and the hauntings of locations all over the world with barrels of facts, casks of humor, and boxes of wine. We take bad notes, can't do math, and words are hard. So grab a glass of wine and settle in. We've got some famous, infamous, and almost famous locations to tell you about and why they became terrifying places to visit. You can find us anywhere you find your favorite podcasts and all over social media at HOAH Podcast and HOAHpodcast.com. Stay safe out there because you never know who or what is listening. The following is a fourth hand production. Hey guys, welcome back to State of Fear Podcast, episode 28. 28, man. We are Great just state rolling. of Nebraska. I am your host, Chris, and with me to my right, to my left. Oh, wait, you can see where he's at now because we have video. Yes, you can. Available on our Patreon. More on that later. <laughs> uh, is my good friend, James. What's up, everybody? It's good to be back. And the, I love Nebraska. It's a gorgeous state. Man, you've been to every state in the union, haven't you? Everyone but North Dakota. You haven't been to North Dakota. How I'm going to knock that out soon. I'm, I, I, pfft, ain't nothing there. There's nothing. There's nothing. Wait, isn't. Oh, wait. South Dakota has. Um, I got close. I got to Mount Rushmore. That's in South Dakota, right? But then I mapped it and it was 300 and something miles. And I'm not going to drive 300 miles just for a magnet. You is, know, because I collect magnets everywhere I go. Oh, so. is Rushmore north or south? South. Oh, he did. It's very South Dakota. As a matter of oh, fact, it's just across the okay. border, like maybe sixty miles. Okay, gotcha. But it is worth the trip. Too far for you to drive to Got North to Dakota go. to go, huh? Uh, it's three hundred and forty-six miles or something like that from Rushmore to North Dakota. It's the same distance from South to North Houston. Well, I had to head dead <laughs> west. I was going to Montana to the Little Bighorn mm. next. Oh, okay. Okay. Oh, I gotcha. Okay. Yeah, so it was a lot. Gotcha. Yeah, so today we're going to be discussing the 1884 and 1897 airship sightings of Nebraska. Yes. Some of the earliest known aerial uh, unidentified flying object sightings in the U.S. history. And I love the fact when they're, when they're back in the 1800s, yeah. people didn't know how to fake things back then. Good so good I'm point. looking forward to this. This good is going to be great. But first, as we mentioned a little while ago, we have a Patreon now. Yes, we do. You can go to patreon.com slash state of fear, all one word, or you can find it on our social medias. Uh, we have 
three different tiers, lots of goodies, uh, behind-the-scenes stuff, um, including a uh, behind-the-scenes video that we shoot for every episode that we put up on the Patreon for the uh, $10 tier, super cheap, and you get all kinds of good extra stuff. And you get to see our pretty you get to see faces. Our gorgeous, right. gorgeous yeah. faces. And you also get early access to episodes <laughs> as well as ad-free episodes, so go, go give it a, a check out and, uh, you know, Maybe donate and help out the... It's easy. Every, everything everything we get goes right back into the show. It's going to go back into the show. We're yeah. just going to get bigger and better and do Have greater a lot more fun. and greater things. That's Absolutely. Right. Speaking of... of uh, Money going back into the show. We also have a merch shop. Yes, we, that we do. Set up on T Public. Go to tpublic.com, State of Fear. Again, you should find it on there, or you'll find it on our social medias as well. Yes, I'll put, I, I will actually include the links for both of these in most of our posts going in the show notes. forward. Okay, perfect. Make it easy. It's yeah. It's, yes, we have a lot of t shirts, we have mugs, we have uh, stickers, magnets, all kinds of cool stuff. Go check it out. Support the show that you love. Bags, yeah. Caps. Get it all. Uh, support Let's the show see you them love. Stickers, man. Let's see them. The Let's see them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, and again, as we mentioned, we're on Facebook, Instagram, uh, and Twitter. Go find yes. us, follow us, interact with us, give us ideas for episodes. Uh, we're looking for local bands right now. If you are a band, uh, local indie band in, in any state, doesn't matter what state it is, you know, send us a song, and we'll play it on the show. Uh, we've already got about five or six songs from people all across this great country, so we're super yes, excited to start playing we those. We do. And uh, also, we are doing, we are continuing our postcard giveaway. Yes, we are. We are actually in the process of sending out uh, a first round of postcards to the people that have left reviews. Uh, we thank you for those. Absolutely. We appreciate the support. We yeah. appreciate the reviews. It's fantastic. Thank you for the kind words. Yes, thank you. And who are these lovely people, Chris? So uh, the first one we want to give a shout out to is Kather V. Knoxblood. And not only is Kather um, getting a postcard because they left a review, they actually are our first patron on Congratulations. Patreon. Yeah, congratulations. Thank you, thank you, thank, thank you. you. You're awesome. We love you. Uh, and they are a, a patron on both State of Fear and our much more beloved sister <laughs> podcast, What the Suck. Absolutely. So triple uh, thank yous going out to Kather. Yes, yeah. thank you so much. You'll be getting your postcard uh, pretty soon. We also uh, want to give a shout-out to Emily Dobry. Emily! From Drink Drunk Dead Podcast, a great podcast. Go check it out. They also have a Patreon. Go check out their shit. Um, but <laughs> they have a great podcast uh, where they talk about anything and everything, uh, paranormal and true crime, while they also drink. Man, I'm going to tell you what, paranormal and booze, you just can't beat it. You know, it goes together like peanut butter and jelly. And her and Joel have a great chemistry. Oh, they do. These guys yeah. are awesome. They're hilarious. They are absolutely hilarious. Go check them out. But thanks again for being a Patreon. Uh, we love you. You're awesome. Uh, and also, nah. the last shout-out goes to our good friend Ashley Connor Bounds, also known as... Astronomy. Yes, she's the wonderful person who uh, did the artwork for both of our shows. We yes. love her and uh, gave us some great reviews. And uh, so we have a postcard going out to her, too. She has been one of our biggest supporters from the get-go. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, very kind, uh, very creative, yes. uh, very helpful, and she's actually been a guest on our What the Suck show. She has. She has. Go check it out. Season 2, Exorcist 2 episode. Exorcist 2, yeah. Great episode. Um, but, yeah, but we have a limited number of the postcards left. So yes. get it, send us a re do a review, send us a screenshot. Uh, email it to yeah i ain't gonna tell you how many we got left we have a very limited amount though but i'm telling you yeah you better move yeah and these are vintage 1996 x-files postcards they are in great shape 
Yeah, show them so, to the, uh, you got them available. Fan, oh yeah, fan them out to the old. Uh, yeah, you'll, you'll see this on on the social media as well. But yeah, we got some cards going out uh, right yeah. now. So you know, yeah. So so uh, yeah, send us review at um, State of Fear Podcast at gmail dot com, and we will get you a postcard. That is right. Yeah. So today again, as we said, today is Nebraska episode uh, twenty eight. Let me do. Let me back that up for two seconds. Sure. If on the uh, reviews. They need to actually go and review us on like Apple or Google or anywhere. Something. Take a screenshot and yeah. then email it because mm-hmm. you didn't say screenshot. Oh, I did not. Yeah, thank you. Uh, just, I'm, just, I'm just clarifying that just to be uh, just <laughs> just to be just <laughs> make to be, sure yeah. it's it's done correctly. Gotcha. Thank you for that. Okay, so let's get into um, some facts about Nebraska that are quite interesting. Roll with it. So Clifton Hillgrass was a manager at Nebraska Book Company in 1958 when he bought a series of notes on Shakespeare from a Canadian book company owner named Jack Cole. Hillgrass expanded the idea well beyond the bard and eventually changed the name from Cole's notes to Cliff Notes. And man, did he make a killing. And he helped out college students all across the world yes. from that point on. Shortcuts. Yes. See them little numbers? Go straight to them, man. I'm going to tell you what. Ain't <laughs> yeah. no way to dissect a book. Cliff and Notes. Hit them cliff Notes, It's amazing. You can still see evidence of Oregon Trail Travelers. The wagon roadbed is still visible at Scott's Bluff National Monument, though the actual ruts were lost to erosion a long time ago. You can also hike about a half a mile on the actual route. Cool. And I have actually seen parts of the Oregon Trail. Cool. It is awesome. Neat. I mean, it goes anywhere from like a wagon trail mm-hmm. to all the way up in Montana and in parts of Washington where it is actually, or when you get close to Oregon, Oregon, I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, and there's actually this place that looks like you're on another planet. Oh, wow. I don't know if you've ever seen it. I wish I knew the name of it. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, it's just a thought. But yeah, it's yeah, yeah. Funky looking, but it's awesome. Very cool. Now, while it doesn't have an official state food, Nebraska does have an official state soft drink, Kool Aid. Wait. No corn? Nope. Corn? Nope. That's not, the f- not, it's not the official state food. Sorry. Man. Originally called Fruit Smack. Kool-Aid was invented by a man named Edwin Perkins, who ran a small mail-order business out of Hastings, Nebraska. Though the Fruit Smack concentrate syrup was one of the most popular products, the glass bottles often broke in transit. Perkins invented a powder concentrate in 1927 to solve the problem, and Kool-Aid was born. Perkins, you are the man. Genius! Oh, yeah. Nice. Roy Rogers, faithful horse trigger, which I love, unfortunately died of natural causes in 1965, which happens. Mm -hmm. But you can still see him at the RFD TV in Omaha. Not a replica, the real trigger. The stuffed and mounted horse was displayed at the Roy Rogers and Dale Evans Museum in Branson, Missouri until 2010 when he was sold at auction where he brought a whopping 266,500 bucks. Nice. RFD TV uses trigger for promotional events along with Roger's dog bullet. <laughs> oh my so. God. He stuffed it. On, he stuffed all his animals. All the animals. It wasn't just Pearl Harbor that was hit during world war two on April 18th, 1945, a Japanese balloon bomb exploded in the sky over Dundee, a section of Omaha. Fortunately, it didn't do much damage and the attempt was kept hush hush until after the war was over. Yeah, until the people in Nebraska were like, what the hell was that? Yeah, you couldn't do that nowadays. It'd be all over SMs. Uh, No kidding. There is a six-foot-tall statue of Chef Boyardee. Yes! (laughs) My man. That's right. 
No, he is not from there, and yes, he was a real person. His name was actually pronounced Boyarday. Oh, Boyarday. Boyarday. But, yes, until recently, Omaha was home to the headquarters of ConAgra Foods, Inc., a business that includes brands like Healthy Choice, (laughs) Jiffy Pop, Ready Whip, Slim Jims. Yes. Step into a Slim Jim. Brother. And Chef Boyarday. Boyarday. The man behind the canned pasta mascot was actually Hector Biordi, Biordi, or whatever. Boyardi. Who was a renowned chef long before his face graced cans of SpaghettiOs. Uh, oh, SpaghettiOs. Now, I'm sorry, SpaghettiOs? I don't recall his face ever being on SpaghettiOs. He was responsible for ravioli, beefaroni, uh, stuff like that. I'm pretty you know? sure SpaghettiOs was a Chef Boyardee product okay. as well. Yeah, you know, and then sure. they did the spaghetti and the meatballs. You know, yep. the spaghetti and the meatballs, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> now, some famous Nebraskans include Marlon Brando, great uh, actor. Marlon Brando. Gabrielle Union, who's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Nick Nolte, who's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> Fred Astaire, who's awesome. <laughs> and Anne Ramsey, who is awesome and amazing. And if you don't know who Anne Ramsey is, she played Mama Fratelli in The Goonies. Oh, yeah. And Mama Lift in Throw Mama from the Train. Yep. She was an amazing actress. She was. Yes. I'm going to tell you what. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, before we get into the main story, as always, we do on this show, let's get into your weird news of the day. But before we do that, my brother. What's up, man? It's a very special day. What's that? Hit it. August 16th, 1977, we lost a great one. 43 years ago, today, Elvis Presley passed away in his home in Memphis, Tennessee. Also, on a more personal note, uh, my very close cousin, and I love him very much, uh, Glenn Ray Bishop, passed away on this very same day in the year 2004 of cancer. Cancer sucks. I love you, and I miss you, buddy. And... Let's enjoy a little bit more of Promised Land by Mr. Elvis Presley. I'm a big fan of this site. Metro.co.uk comes through with another winner. They always have the most interesting, and I say interesting in air quotes, stories. (laughs) (laughs) Today's story is titled, Gardner Sets New Speed Record on Back of Homemade Wheelbarrow. They got a lot. Now, that's some serious redneck shit. That is. They got a lot of. so me, it sounds like something I would do. They got a lot of free time in UK, apparently. Yep. Go on. 
not content with already holding the record for building the world's fastest shed. Yes, he built the world's fastest shed. This is the UK equivalent of Tim the Toolman Taylor. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh-huh. A gardener from Oxfordshire. I love that when they have like 12 syllable town names. <laughs> Oxfordshireville has created a souped up wheelbarrow to go in it. What? To go in. To go in the shed. Yeah, I he, guess so. Okay. Yeah, that's what it is. He, he created a wheelbarrow to go inside the shed. That's what it is. Yeah, I hate when they word it like that. I should know better than this. These English guys, <laughs> men are crazy. Kevin Nix, 55, believes he set a new speed record after clocking 44 miles per hour on the back wow. of his wheelbarrow earlier today. That's pretty scary. It's pretty fast. He's called it the barrel of speed. Womp, womp. And think, yeah, no kidding. And thinks he can go even faster when a Guinness World Record representative comes to verify the accolades in about six weeks' time. Hmm. I will be interested to see if he actually breaks the record. I will, I will too. His custom-built contraption, which uses a moped <laughs> engine, was competing at a straightliners event at Elvington Airfield in North Yorkshire. Yorkshire. You can't say Yorkshire. It's no, it's going to be Yorkshire. Yorkshire. That's right. The speed equivalent to 72 kilometers per hour is higher than the base speed that was set and recorded by the people at Guinness World Records, but he'll still have to beat it again to get his name in the famous book for the second time. As long as it doesn't kill me, I'll have to set the Guinness record, he said. Mr. Nix previously created the world's fastest shed with hit speeds of more than 100 miles per hour on a Welsh beach in 2018. <laughs> in a damn shed. I know, it's oh crazy. my God. He said he started building the super speedy wheelbarrow shortly after the country went into lockdown to inspire others to be creative and distract them from bad news surrounding the pandemic. The pandemic. Here it is again. I can't change the world, but what I can do is try to make it better for some people, he said. Good for him. For me, it's rewarding to see the smiles on people's faces, especially a hauling ass by on a... Oh, I know. 100 miles an hour hour in the shed. shed. It's amazing. (laughs) Ask what he plans to add to his collection of inventions next. Mr. Nick said, oh, I have plans. My next build is really bonkers. Not hugely fast, but bonkers. I don't know what. Well, I'm afraid to guess. It's going to be a, a, a weed whacker that he skates on like a skateboard. <laughs> I guess something like that. Mr. Nix made a smaller version of the fastest shed called Freddy the Shetty <laughs> Great name. for kids. And he's also published a children's book. That's good for hilarious. you, Mr. Nix. Yeah, I love it. Great and story. Good, and good luck building that barn that goes 80 miles an hour. Mr. Nix, you are my or hero. Or whatever the. well that is our story for today brother what do you say we get on to your story i love it man yeah let's do it all right here we go
All right, so today's story is on the Nebraska airship mystery, but specifically the supposed crash that happened in 1884. But before we get into that, let's get a little bit of back history on the mystery airship uh, phenomenon that happened in the 1897, 96, 97 time frame. So, okay. uh, so mystery airships or phantom airships are a class of unidentified flying objects best known from a series of newspaper reports originating in the western United States and spreading east during late 1896 and early 1897. According to researcher Jerome Clark, airship sightings were reported worldwide during the 1800s and 1890s. Mystery airship reports are seen as a cultural predecessor to modern claims of extraterrestrial piloted flying saucer-style UFOs. Typical airship reports involved nighttime sightings of unidentified lights, but more detailed accounts reported ships comparable to a dirigible or a blimp for those who don't know. There you go. Reports just... of the alleged crewmen and pilots usually describe them as human looking, although sometimes a crew claimed to be from Mars. <laughs> of course oh, they did. Lord. It's like that scene from Back to the Future. Dark Vader. Yeah. I was just going to say, you sure wasn't Doc Brown trying yeah. to fly some shit? It was popularly believed that the mystery airships were the product of some inventor or genius who was not ready to make knowledge of his creation public. Great Scott! Yeah, Doc Brown. Mm-hmm. So, for example, Thomas Edison was so widely speculated to be the mind behind the alleged airships of 1897 that he was forced to issue a strongly worded statement denying his responsibility. But see, back then, you know, did the government really threaten people like that back then? No, I think it was was he wasn't. I don't think he was threatened by the government. I think he was more annoyed by the fact that people kept hounding him. Yeah, and I, so he was like, "Look, I didn't create it." Leave me alone. I got other stuff that I'm working on. Go, you know, and that yeah. is something else. It I wasn't me. I wouldn't even think about timing. Yeah. It had been frequently argued that mystery airships are unlikely to represent test flights of real human manufactured dirigibles as no record of successful sustained or long range airship flights are known from the period. And it would have been impossible, not to mention irrational, to keep such a thing a secret. However... There were, in fact, several functional airships manufactured before the 1896-97 reports. Example, Solomon Andrews made successful test flights of his Arion in 1863, but their capabilities were far more limited than the mystery airships. Yeah, an Arion. Was that that hand-flapping thing that they bought, that they, they built? No, I think it was an actual dirigible. Bought? Yeah. Can't buy it in them. <laughs> now as far as nebraska goes one of the oddest and lesser known events in the airship mystery took place in nebraska interestingly this story from nebraska seems to predate every other ufo sighting reported in newspapers at the time including the 1897 airship sightings in nebraska we might as well say it again because they put it in that sentence like four times now this nebraska sighting in nebraska close to nebraska border <laughs> is said to have taken place about 30 miles northwest of benkelman on june 6 1884 Local rancher John Ellis and several other cowboys were out on a roundup in rural Dundee County. The cowboys heard a terrific whirring sound overhead. They looked up and saw a blazing aerolite hulking object falling rapidly to the earth. <laughs> hey man, it's descriptive, right? A hulking object. Hulking object. The light was so intense that it blinded one of the witnesses. After passing over their heads, the object crashed into the ground in a ravine just beyond a hill. Fragments of cogwheels and other pieces of machinery were found lying on the ground at the crash site. The wreckage, whatever it was, had left the ground around it scorched and torn open. That is very cool. Now, see, the thing is, if UFOs exist now, which you and I both actually believe in, mm -hmm. yeah. uh, at least in some form or another, you know, mm -hmm. I believe other life exists. 
uh, why the hell couldn't it be back in the 1800s? You know yeah. what I mean? I mean, it sounds very like a very old-timey version of the Roswell crash. Not, yeah, I was going to say, UFO sightings and, and, you know, and all that stuff are not just reserved for modern day. I mean, this stuff's probably been going on for centuries. Yeah, yeah. The men all approached cautiously, but the object was so intensely hot that one herdsman was badly burned when he got close. The men observed a strange kind of hissing, bubbling liquid on the ground all around the wreckage, and everything was simply too hot to approach. Cylinder? Yeah, most likely. Mm -hmm. Nice. They took the injured man back to Ellis's home to treat his burns, prepared to return the following day after the heat died down a bit. Overnight, people who lived nearby could see a bright glow emanating from the crash site. Okay, this is sounding cool. Sounding, I'm liking it. Sounding very Spielbergian. It, it, it's sounding very 1953, oh, more of the worldish. Yeah, or invaders from Mars. Yeah, yeah. They described the glow as being nearly as bright as the sun. The Cowboys returned the next morning. This time with District Brand Inspector E. W. Rawlings in tow. Rawlings took notes about what he observed there, including some pieces of wreckage he inspected closely. Of the main piece of wreckage, Rawling wrote in his journal, the aerolite, or whatever it is, seems to be about 50 or 60 feet long, wow. cylindrical, that, that, hey, it, but I said, and about 10 or 12 feet in diameter. <laughs> the afternoon after the crash, a crowd of curious onlookers gathered at the crash site to marvel at the site and speculate on its origin. Around 2 p.m., a tremendous storm struck suddenly. Rain fell heavier and faster than anyone had ever seen. This is where it gets sad. Hmm. The wind whipped the rain around and reduced visibility to nearly nothing. The storm carried on for about 30 minutes before it ending as abruptly as it had began. Okay. War of, the when, world, War of the World thunderstorms. Remember that? And when the onlookers were able to see the crash site again, they were absolutely shocked. Uh-oh. The mysterious wreckage, whatever it had been, was gone. And with that, why don't we take a quick break, James? Get some water. I think that sounds good, brother. Hey, Mule Squad, it's four best friends from Arizona. We love to get together, have a great time, and get lit. We bring the Mio wherever we go. Our signature drink is vodka and Mio. Mio is a flavor enhancer, and it's a game changer. Game changer. We pregame with Mio, and we talk about all that explicit shit. We talk about a lot of sex and alcohol, so if you're ready, come on, stop by. If you're ready for a down-ass time, check us out on Apple Podcast and Spreaker. We drop that good shit every Friday. Follow us on Insta, Twitter, and TikTok. Hey! At Bring the Mio. <laughs> that was a hilarious promo. Hey! I love it. <laughs> I love it. All right, guys, let's get back to the story. The few little bits and pieces that were left behind were said to dissolve into the ground. After the three-foot-deep stormwater was cleared from the ravine, not one trace of debris was left. Wow, that that's awesome. However, it was said that there was a later discovery of chunks of a greenish glass-like substance with white inclusions described by one account as resembling lime jello with cottage cheese found in the ravine. Interesting. Just don't eat it. Now, that's uh that's the 1884 crash, but let's get into some of the 1897 the sightings. That, the fact that that storm just rose up, the stuff disappeared and booyah. Yeah. I mean, they said, they said it looked like cogs, which means Metallic, yeah, metal, but then it dissolved with water. I mean, that's that's weird. Yeah, and if you were an alien and you were worried about something crashing, 
that'd be a great way to get rid of any evidence. I'm also t- taking into account the quote unquote near visibility factor right. that they were yeah. speaking of. Yeah. Uh, but why they didn't approach it while it was raining, I have no idea, but well, yeah, that's, that's, I mean, that's awesome. dude. Yeah. That's, that's pretty cool. All right. Flash forward 13 years, Tuesday, February 2nd, 1897, several people in Hastings, Nebraska, a small town, 170 miles West of Omaha, reported that an airship or something of the kind had been sailing around in the air. It was first noticed sometime the fall before when it had been seen floating in the air about 500 feet above the ground. And after standing still for about 30 minutes, it began to circle about and took a northerly direction for about two miles, after which it returned to its starting place and sank into oblivion. Then on Friday, February 5th, the Omaha Daily Bee reported that the ship had been seen in Innovale, about 40 miles south of Hastings. It had been spotted several times, once by a party of 10 returning from a prayer meeting. This obviously was a slap at a Norfolk cynic who accused those who believed they had seen the craft of drinking. The sighting was more detailed, including a description of lights along the side of the ship. The onlookers heard the sounds of the engine and voices and laughter of passengers. Observers reported it seemed to be conical shaped and perhaps 30 or 40 feet in length, with a bright headlight and six smaller lights, three on a side, and seemed to have two sets of wings on a side with a large fan-shaped rudder. That sounds, the conal-shaped rudder sounds like a dirigible. Sounds just like a dirigible, exactly. It sure does. Mm-hmm. It wasn't seen again until that Sunday evening, when it was observed standing nearly still a few miles west of Hastings and seemingly about 800 feet in the air. At first sight, it had the appearance of an immense star, but after closer observation, it was seen to be a mechanical object. At 9.30 that next Monday night, the large glaring light was seen to circle around for a few minutes and then take a northerly direction for about three miles. It then stood perfectly still for about five minutes and then descended for about 200 feet, circling as it traveled at a most remarkable speed for about two miles and then slowing up, it circled for about a full 15 minutes when it began to lower and disappear as mysteriously as it had made its appearance. Okay, so that giant... That giant trap door on the ground, that sliding where it's, all the dirt comes down about the, uh, three feet and it's slides like that scene back. from the, was this, the first X-Men when they had the... the there you go. When yeah. the Blackbird comes out of the basketball comes court. The, <laughs> yeah, it's like that. <laughs> big old ground opens up. There you go. As for the 1884 report, the lack of physical evidence means there's nothing much left today. And Joe Booter, a field researcher with the Mutual UFO Network of Nebraska, said that the people of Dundee County shy away from talking about the event. Hey, we could talk to... Uh, Erica about it. She might know the dude. Good idea, yeah. But how does the craft just disappear, just dissolve in a crash? What about the cogs that the craft threw off as it approached the ground? Did those two simply disappear? It's a legend taken more seriously than most of the error in ufology circles, which is not to say there aren't skeptics. Oh, there always are. Of course. Alan Boy even wrote in his recent book, The Complete Roadside Guide to Nebraska, that, quote, there are, of course, many people who do not believe the story and others who claim it is yet another UFO story neglected and laughed at by skeptics. In the 1960s, a copy of the first newspaper article resurfaced and reporters, historians, and ufologists rushed to Dundee County. Lifelong residents of the area assured them no such thing had ever happened. Yes, nothing ever happened here. We were told not to say anything. We saw nothing, you saw nothing. Go away. (laughs) Don't take our corn. (laughs) Later... Even after the telltale follow-up dispatch was uncovered, 
One humorless author theorized that the storm was artificially created so that a UFO concealed within the clouds could retrieve the wreckage of the crashed UFO. That is my analysis as well, good sir. <laughs> That's exactly what I think happened. So it was the report a hoax. Um, did another craft come in the form of a storm to retrieve the first one? Did the government instruct the papers to run the story of the melting debris to create a cover-up? Unfortunately, you may never know. Well, one of these days, you know what? We're going to have to just just go up there and open all them cabinets that the government has and see what's in them. That's right. Because once again, once again the government when it comes to me and the government, I don't government. think they have the right to conceal this information from the general public. You and many, many people feel that way. I, that, it's crap. Yeah. It's, it's total crap. crap. Yeah. If it's part of this world, we're all entitled to it. I agree. You know, totally you can't agree. rat hole stuff and try to nope. act like you all above us and everything. Nope, you sure can't. But uh, I think, uh, you know, at some point in the future, I think we need to plan a road trip and we need to hit some of these spaces or places that we've talked about. Yes. And, uh, and make do our own investigation, James. Uh, as a matter of fact, I think I'm going to do our first go live episodes. Yeah. I'm going to do a couple from Colorado when I nice. go up there in a couple of weeks again. Yeah. yeah. I'm just pretty much sticking to Colorado this year, but I'm going to go to the old 1800 cemeteries. And I'm also going to go to Animus Forks, which is a famous ghost town in Colorado. Okay. It's one of them. And I might do some live stuff from up there if I can get a signal. You know, <laughs> that's the important just, thing. Yeah, it just depends. Either that, or I'll have it videoed and then I'll upload it or something to the Patreon. Yeah, the Patreon. The Patreon. I don't say Patreon, folks. I say Patreon. Yeah. All right, James. Well, why don't you tell everybody at home where they can find us? And uh, let's uh, also don't forget Patreon going on. Yes, it is. Patreon.com slash State of Fear. Go check out the tiers. Subscribe. Help us make this show even better. And then T. Oh, tpublic.com T-public. slash state of fear. Yep. I have uh, to memorize that. Our one. merch. Go check our, all of our cool merch. Absolutely. And um, once again, we are doing the uh, X-Files postcard giveaway. Give us a review, screenshot, send it to us, email, and we'll get you a postcard. Limited supply. Please do it. And where can they find all this information at, James? They can find us on, first of all, they can find our show on the fourthhand.com network, of course, with our sister project, What to Suck, yep. along with every, a little bit of By the way, season three is coming soon. Yes, it is. So get ready. We're excited. we got some big things coming going on. So. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of changes, a lot of fun. Yes. We're going to shake it up. Yes. Uh, you can find us, of course, on the Big Evil Facebook. Yep. You can find us on Instagram, and we are on Twitter. We are. And, and that's about it. So with yeah. that, yep. And with that, uh, I'm ready to go on to the next state. How about you, James? I say we get on down the road, brother. What do you think? Well, let's do it. been listening to a fourth hand joint.
Hey there, this is Erica Kelly, host of Southern Fried True Crime. I cover contemporary and historical cases, and I love listener suggestions. And like any good gossip, I'm interested in anyone and anything. Come join me as I explore the dark underbelly of the Deep South. I'm a one-woman show in a narrative format, kind of like sitting by the fire and listening to a story. So pull up a chair and subscribe if you're interested. I'd love to have you. You can find me on any of your favorite podcast apps. Just search for Southern Fried True Crime. Until then, y'all take care.